Inspiring conversations. Inspiring conversations. With Team PNG. With Team PNG. This is all and we're proud to be. We're proud to be Papua New Guinea. It's full time. PNG defeating Samoa 30 points to nil. Two uh, representatives from Papua New Guinea have won the first set. As long as you're doing your best. Be honest with yourself. The temptations are real. When Team PNG proudly wears the black, red and gold on the world stage, our athletes represent so much more than simply the will to win. They stand for the PNG Olympic Committee values of honesty, excellence, respect and openness, as well as the Olympic value of friendship. These values are not only for our athletes, but for you, for me and everyone. Welcome to Inspiring Conversations with Team PNG. My name is Aaron Carney. Today, the third in a series of conversations brought to you by the Papua New Guinea Olympic Committee as part of the Australian Government Pacific Oz Sports Program. We have assembled three great contributors to sport in Papua New Guinea to discuss the value of respect. Relly Caputin is one of PNG's best athletes, a national record holder in the triple jump, long jump and high jump. She is on a quest to qualify for Tokyo in the long jump. Welcome, Relly. Hello, Heron. Philip Newton is an elite performance coach with the Australian Track and Field Coaches Association, specialising in the jumping events. He's been coaching PNG athletes since 2013. Welcome, Philip. Hello, Aaron. And Tamsin Wardley has been part of the PNG Olympic Committee team management for more than 20 years. She's been chef de mission for numerous Commonwealth and Pacific Games and led the very successful team PNG to the Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast in 2018 and was awarded an MBE for her ongoing services to sport. Congratulations and welcome to you, Tamsin. Hello and thank you very much for inviting me to the conversation. A real pleasure to have you here. Before we get onto the subject of respect, I think we all have a new respect for our mortality, for the challenges that life can throw, for how difficult it is to prepare ourselves for the future, given what has happened in the last 12 plus months regarding COVID-19 and the pandemic. Really, if I can come to you first, you had hopes of already having competed at an Olympics. It's still lies ahead of us. What has the last 12 months been like for you? Um, it's been very challenging for me. But when we heard that the Olympic Games being postponed to this year, for myself last year, it was because I just recently came back from a injury. And all this time given was a blessing for me to get back to my full fitness to qualify for this year's Olympics. How do you keep driving yourself and keep focused given how hard it is right now? One of the most things that I encounter on this journey was to be mentally stay positive 
towards all my training um, sessions. One thing that we did was my coach put me through um, a couple of training phases that kept me motivated and kept on training uh, towards qualifying for the Olympics. So, yeah. Philip, this is uncharted waters for coaches as well, right? It certainly is, yes. When we had a definite time frame in front of us and then that was extended out threefold, six-month time frame that then became another 12 months after that to keep motivation, to keep the training fresh and keep it exciting just became a bigger and bigger challenge, yes. You're working certainly at this level on monthly, three-monthly, 12-monthly preparation plans, and I imagine it threw those completely out the window. Because we had absolutely no competition to gauge how things were going in the first six or eight months, that we did a lot of testing and we knew that we were staying on top of the physical requirements, but motivation-wise, it became harder. Of course, we had border closures in Australia, so we couldn't travel from one state to another for competition, which thankfully now has all ceased, so we're, we're able to get back into a competition mode and as much more normal, normal preparation now. How do you feel that rally is doing, given all of those moving parts? Surprisingly well. We've had times when progress wasn't as rapid as we sort of hoped it would be, And then when we do some testing later on, you find, oops, we've done some PBs in testing that weren't done before. So physically, everything's fine. Psychologically, we just get down because you think you're going in an unending tunnel and you can't come out the other side. But it's getting better now. Relly, how psychologically did you get through that dark tunnel as Philip described it? You know, um, I've been raised in a type of situation that um, I've grown really strong mentally so I reckon that kind of helped me to overcome all the challenges uh, with all my training sessions. So, yeah. That's a good thing. Tamsin, what about for you? Obviously, you are not a competitive athlete, but you, like the rest of us, have had to survive a pandemic. What have you learned and dealt with in the last 12 months? Well, here in PNG, we've been very lucky. We've had very limited health impacts um, because of the pandemic. So some days it's just been business as usual. Everything is is almost uh, as normal. Um, But the biggest challenge has been in the sporting arena. Um, You know, literally with the international borders stopped um, and with the... um, the answers and protections um, to deal with COVID here in PNG, literally movement stopped, so all sports stopped. So it's it been incredibly challenging trying to work out ways to keep the team moving forward and to try and, you know, work with them, you know, through the last 12 months. I said it was uncharted waters for a coach, similarly for an experienced manager slash chef de mission. What, if anything, can be done to minimise the impact of this disruption for a team? Well, it's been almost impossible. Each one of our athletes, of course, they're all from different sports. So each sport has had different issues that they've had to face and trying to work through with the athletes and their coaches on on just simple ways of, of being able to help them train. We've got a shooter who doesn't have access to ammunition or a shooting range. He's practising psychologically rather than practically. You know, these are things that we've never had to deal with um, before. We've got boxers who don't have training partners. It's just every sport's faced with different issues and um, it's been really, really hard. Let's move on to the subject of the day and that is respect. 
I'm going to start very simply and ask all three of you the same question. And that is, we know what the dictionary definition is, but what does respect mean to you, Relly? Accepting somebody for who they are, even when they are different from you or you don't agree with them. Uh, it's sometimes hard for me because, you know, I've, I've been here in America and being uh, with uh, different people from different countries. They come from different cultures and stuff, and that's really hard to deal with. Yeah. Can you give me an example of that? When was it challenging? Uh, well, it was really challenging when you have friends from friends or Ghana because mm. then sometimes some of them, they don't communicate well in English. So you really need to come down to their level where you can communicate with them so they can understand what you're saying to them. So when you come down to their level and you talk to them properly, that's how you gain respect. Philip, same question to you. What does respect mean from your perspective? Respect is that level of admiration you have for somebody, their ability in almost every situation to sort of treat you the way you would expect to be treated. From a coach's perspective, we're looking at educating, say, athletes and athletes from different cultures, as Riley mentioned. And we have to have the knowledge. We have to have the patience. We have to be personable. You need to be able to talk to whether they're a, an eight or 10-year-old beginner or they're a university student that's trying to struggle with you know, university studies, their part-time job, and then finding time to train. You have to be personable, you have to be able to get on with people, and you have to be able to deal with their needs. So all those things, that's how I look at it, gaining respect from the athlete's point of view. A lot of interesting aspects to that answer that we'll pick up as the conversation goes on. But Tamsin, as a chef de mission, you have all sorts of personalities, backgrounds, cultures, expectations, genders, ages to deal with. Respect must be critical to doing that job effectively. What does respect mean to you? So respect to me is, is basically an, an appreciation, even an admiration of someone or sometimes even a position or a role. But to me, it becomes respect once you have an understanding of, of that person or that position. You know, once you understand the motivations and the sacrifices behind what they actually do, I think it, that's when it moves into respect. Tamsin, why does respect matter? Do you think it matters? Is it an important value to you? Um, it's an exceedingly important value, um, personally. And I think it matters because um, it's the reflection of how you want yourself to be seen. So if you, if you want to be appreciated, admired, respected, which I think everybody does in their heart, then um, you've, got to, you've got to be able to demonstrate that in an outwards way as well. Do you value respect and if so, why, Philip? I certainly do. Look, without, without common respect one to the other, you can't have a working relationship, can you? So within a squad, when you have a, a mix of age groups and a, a mix of nationalities, you need to be able to have everybody on the same path. We're sharing common goals. You need to be able to inspire them and, and dare to dream to reach the goals that they've set themselves. And then you know, need to have the knowledge to be able to lead them that way along. And again, dealing with a younger athlete and an older athlete, I'm dealing with a, a group of teenagers at the moment that are a little bit not so focused and then having rally in the squad as a, a steadying 
influence is just so important because her goals are clearly cut and you know she's she's working so hard to achieve them so she's a great benefit to the other athletes just before I come to you, Relly, on that, Philip, without being disrespectful, <laughs> you have been around for a while. You've seen a few generations of athletes come and go over time. Does respect what it means and how it's valued change over time? I think so, yes. I, I think today with social media the way it is, the, the, the young, I dare I say, the younger generation, they are far <laughs> more out there and willing to put their views and their, their personality to the forefront, where years ago, athletes were far more accepting of a role of a, a senior person in a group, and I think they behaved accordingly. These days, they're mm. willing to test and to push it one way or another, where years ago, they were far more accepting. And I imagine there's a bit of an upside to that as well as a downside. It means you get fresh perspectives and fresh ideas, but also it can mean that everybody's talking and nobody's listening, right? That is so, so true. And the whole social media thing about putting views out there, there's nothing wrong with that, but gossip is a killer, isn't it? You can't have stories and opinions, things being spread if they're they're a little bit controversial. So it's one of those things you, you... You need to live with the times, but then you need to be able to balance it with the respect that we expect from and to each other. Tamsin, just as somebody who has been involved in elite athletic pursuits for a couple of decades, have you noticed the definition of respect change over time? Oh, definitely. I think there's very much a very um, a, a political awakeness. People understand now issues about inclusion and, and gender, and people are very conscious. I think now of ensuring that they, um, you know, acknowledge these issues and how important respect is. So, and it is something that we we actually talk to the team about before we before we travel to make sure people do have an understanding of how important it is to to respect not just the, the people that we're going to be competing against and, um, and being with, but, you know, their cultures and, and their lives and that people, you know, um, have all these differences um, and that we, we must respect them. So, yes, I definitely think it's um, there's a growing awareness. Really interesting. Really, is respect important to you? Definitely. Respect is one very important value that matters uh, in my life as an athlete, being a senior athlete and leading by good examples towards junior athletes is one thing that matters the most to me because in that way, I gain respect and they know that that's the right thing for them to do. Do you feel respected by those younger people when you're working with them? Oh, yes, definitely. I gain a lot of respect from younger athletes because I've led by really good examples and they know what to do. And for somebody like me, for them to look up to is, is, is just very important. Being out there and being the leader uh, of the group is one really important thing that people can see and uh, yeah, understand. Philip? When you find yourself with a new athlete or in a new circumstance, or perhaps where somebody is very familiar with you, how do you earn and maintain respect? Keeping the core values, respect for one another, punctuality, planning ahead, always making sure you've you've done the background work, you've done your homework, the, the session's well planned. You know, you greet people on arrival, you thank them for coming and send them happy say how much you're looking forward to seeing them back again. 
just little things like that, whether they're a youngster or an older athlete you've been with for, for a while, they need to feel like they're a personal part of, of the team. In another environment, you might call that professionalism. <laughs> Certainly. And even at the lower levels of this sport, you just have to be that way. If people don't pay that common respect to each other with you know, messages, we'll be late, can't make it today, illness, whatever, then you know, you're never going to get it back. You, you need to be able to communicate and make sure that everybody is working in the same direction. Tamsin, how is respect earned? I imagine you found yourself in situations where there's a whole heap of new athletes and you have to establish yourself as their chief. How do you go about getting their respect? Yes, it can be quite challenging. You come in as a, as a chef and you literally meet the team, you know, sort of the week before you travel, you're together in this incredible environment for two or three weeks and then you all go your different ways again. Um, but I think at the end of the day, um, earning respect is quite, a, is quite a simple thing. Common courtesy goes, goes a long way towards it. You need to be fair and particularly if you're trying to lead you need to, you know, show your appreciation when it's earned. Um, but most importantly for myself, it's always been to do as you say. I'm very much to show with my actions that I'm, I'm there. I'm there for the team and I'm always to be involved with everything that's, that's going on. And then the other criteria is the ability to listen, to really listen to what people are asking of you or telling you. One of the things that has come through really strongly in this series as we speak to a series of successful people is the idea of consistency. It's just come through in your answer there and also in Philip and Relly's answers. Consistency matters. Uh, yes, I think consistency is incredibly important. You've got to be who you are. You can't pretend to be something that you're not. You've either earned your place in that team through your, you know, abilities um, or your leadership qualities. So you, you've earned the right to be there. So, you know, be true to yourself. I put it to all three of you that one of the best ways to learn the value of respect is to have felt disrespected. I'm going to come to each of you, Relly, first to you. Can you recall a time in your life when you felt disrespected? Oh, yeah, definitely. I recall back when I was little and I was going to elementary school, being brought up by a single parent and going to school and mixing up with, with my friends and other students that come from a stable home. Uh, sometimes when we always have lunch, they always tell me to sit by myself because I don't have a father. And that's yeah. really hard. It was really challenging for me. But every day we encounter different forms and levels of disrespect and how we deal with it is another case. So we either go left, right over it, or we just stop. Do you think some of that disrespect made you stronger? Oh, yes, definitely. Growing up in that situation is what made me come this far, being a very courageous woman. Philip, to you, can you recall a time when you felt disrespected? I don't have to look back too far, Aaron. <laughs> early, early this week, I, um, I had a, a group of training and they'd arrived at different times. Some were well underway, some weren't. And I had a group of young teenagers, 14, 15, 16, and I was giving instructions what I wanted done today, exactly how I wanted it done. And a few of the boys were talking and not listening. 
and I explained myself and they still didn't stop. I hauled them in the line and I was quite aggressive mm. and I dressed them down quite severely. So to me, them talking when I was trying to give instructions was not acceptable. They were late, which certainly wasn't acceptable anyway. So in that case, and that's only a recent one, I, I, was, I got quite irate, I must admit. Mm. Was that a deliberate action that you felt like you had to claw back that respect? Yes. In saying that, but isn't it funny, on reflection, when I look back at it, I did lose my cool. I should have controlled my emotions a little better, but I'm sure they got the message. The ones on the fringes that weren't doing the wrong thing, they might have been cringing a little bit and thinking, oh, maybe I've been not upset this fellow too much. Tamsin, when have you felt disrespected? Well, just sort of an ongoing daily example is when, it's just when people don't take the time to listen to your opinion or talk over you in a, in a meeting. Your sort of level of involvement just falls away. Your enthusiasm for the, for the topic at hand drops. You stop taking part in, in whatever that event or discussion is. Does that happen a lot? Uh, it can happen quite frequently, particularly in, in my line of business. I mean, I'm in a lot of meetings. <laughs> you know, I think it's something that um, just happens on a day-to-day basis. You um, you see it quite frequently, you know, just around you. Um, and it's one of the things that I've really had to learn myself. Listening is a skill um, and it doesn't come naturally to, to everybody. You know, some people are very, you know, loud and vocal type people. You've got to learn to, um, to sit back and, and listen to others and and understand what their point of view is. You're listening to Inspiring Conversations with Team PNG, and today we are discussing the value of respect. Tamsin, can you have an honest moment with us and tell us when you were disrespectful to somebody else? It's, it's a very challenging question, isn't it? Because no one wants to think of themselves as disrespectful. Yeah, obviously, I've had lots of um, episodes, I imagine, growing up as a child. But I, I think the one that really springs to mind for me is in 2015, I had the honour of taking um, a relay around the country for the 2015 Pacific Games. And we were in a, an incredible rush. We had to get around the country literally in 100 days. And so I stood on many toes as I went around the country you know there were many gatherings with very important people um the like and um, quite often we didn't know who those those people were or the you know the village elders and the leaders that we were meeting and and quite frequently you know people were saying that we were being disrespectful to the um to the situation and the 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 effort that people had put in to greet us as we hurried them through as we raced off to the to the next village (laughs) I think there's a lot of wisdom and honesty in that answer because I think it's easy to be respectful when we're our best selves and in our best situation. The real challenge comes when we're under the pump or out of control and that's when disrespect can get an upper hand. Uh, that's completely correct. You know, you're in unusual circumstances and your your focus is on something else so you're not taking the time to actually um, think through the impact that you're having. Philip, have you shown disrespect on occasion? Yes, well, that, just speaking about that incident happened early in the week. When I look back at it now, I, I should have controlled my emotions much better than I did. So, you know, when I look at it, to be able to control and point out to youngsters in particular when they're not doing or behaving as expected and bring them back into line without raising your voice and getting a little hot under the collar. So that there, 
I think if you ask my if you ask my mum that question, she might have a whole <laughs> range, range of things she could tell you from years ago. That might be its own special episode. Uh, really, have you shown disrespect? And if so, can you give us an example? Oh yeah, well that's another very challenging um, question. Yes, towards my parents, I can still remember in 2019 before I made a really big decision to put away my degree instead of looking for a job I put it away to continue my quest to qualify for the Olympics I can still remember back then I got into an argument with my father there was um, a job that was waiting for me to take up but I had to turn that job down just to concentrate on training towards the Olympics so yeah just looking back at it now I I felt that I've disrespected my father and that's one really big thing that hurts today. One last question for you all. Really we've heard you say that respect is important we've heard you say that you have felt disrespect and on occasion given disrespect so if I'm listening to this right now and I want to live a more respectful life what advice might you give me? Prioritizing respect for the people you love and the people around you that support you through anything you want to achieve in life. Philip, how would you recommend others introduce respect into their life? Yeah, I, th- I think the, the, the simplest way is to, um, from the outset, treat people the way you expect to be treated yourself. You know, be a leader, show confidence, show concern, show support, share your passion, talk it out there, encourage people to pursue their own goals and pursue them to their to their limit. You know, there's there's no one no way going into this half hearted that's gonna get anybody anywhere and you know, you need to encourage people the absolute best you can and, and treat them exactly as, as you would expect to be treated. How might I summarise that? Do unto others as you would have them do to you? <laughs> You're not the first wise man to say that, I don't think. Tamsin, to you, gaining and getting respect. If I want that in my life and I'm listening to this right now, how might I plot a path forward? The first step is to always be thinking before you are speaking. As a woman, it it can actually be even harder to gain respect, um, particularly in in new fields, because of preconceived and traditional ideas. So it's very important that you have to be able to demonstrate that you know what you're talking about and to be able to give considered responses to issues. So as I said, it's, it's just about really thinking about what you want to say. From that perspective as a woman, do you have a number of different approaches that you take? So in some circumstances is being very forthright best, in other circumstances is taking your time and waiting for your turn best? Um, Certainly. Um, As as we've mentioned earlier, everyone's different and every group that you become involved in has got very different dynamics. Um, You've got to learn very quickly what those dynamics are and try to understand the people you're working with. And yes, you just adapt accordingly as to how you approach any of those groups. That is where we have to leave our discussion of respect and this edition of Inspiring Conversations with Team PNG. 
I think this is a very challenging value to unpack and get to the heart of. It's the idea of pursuit of excellence, the idea of honesty, the two subjects that we've already discussed, they are very obvious in some ways. This is a far more challenging concept to live out every day, and it does require admitting one's own shortcomings, and I appreciate your honesty and your consideration today. Firstly, Riley Caputin, national record holder in the triple jump, long jump, and high jump, and we hope Tokyo Olympian in the near future. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, you're welcome, Harry. PNG's jumps genius, Philip Newton, thank you so much for your thoughts and perspectives. Thank you, Aaron, and thanks for the opportunity. And our one-time chef de mission, who's always on a mission, Tamsin Wardley, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much, Aaron. Thank you to the Papua New Guinea Olympic Committee and the PNG Australia Partnership for making this series possible. If you are hearing this through the radio, it is also available as a downloadable podcast and we encourage you to share and perhaps have your own inspiring conversation about the value of respect in your life. It's a pretty respectful action to sit around the table and discuss this with your family or friends. I'm Aaron Carney. This has been Inspiring Conversations with Team PNG, and we look forward to having you on our team again soon. Yeah.